Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, the Fast and Furious will ride and die at 11. The Joker surprises the Justice League. And who's been given the Great Pumpkin this time? Charlie Brown. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. Nobody out there listening to this on radio will ever hear how many times I said Charlie Brown. But it is truly great to be back here once again. And I cannot thank you enough for joining us. If you get a chance, please follow, subscribe, share, do whatever you can to support us, including throwing out some of those Facebook gaming stars at us. And if you do, it is truly appreciated right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and the Lakers Fast Break as well. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here along with my good friend. You knew him from The Voice from the Underground, and he's been on this show several, several times is my good friend indeed it is mr tj johnson and tj thank you for stepping in for marcus de la garza this week he's actually going to be doing he's going to be doing some stuff as far as for our game source profiles which out there if you haven't gotten a chance check out our pop culture cosmos podcast channel the game source profiles the first one we threw up there this week and that is you and hugh van lee talking about watchdogs legion previewing that that's upcoming game coming out next week so if you get a chance check out our game source profile of that i know you had a good time talking about watchdogs in fact i think i got you playing watchdogs once again because we were talking about my my moment my my gamer moment where i i got to jump off the roof and roll off and and jump into the car and then hit the other guy's car and t-bone him right into the lake and it was great and that was how I ended the mission because I didn't know what I was going to do at the time. I had no idea how I was going to catch him. And sure enough, it just was the grace of the Xbox gods that allowed me to <laughs> line it up perfectly. So, yeah, talking about it, man, got me kind of fired up. So I had fired up the old watchdogs and I was thinking about jumping back on watchdogs, too. But I think I'm just ready for Legion. I don't blame you. A lot of people are excited for it. I mean, we had a great profile. It came off really well. So if you get a chance, check out the Game Source profile that's already on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel already. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, there's still a lot more to talk about on today's program. In fact, we've got a great show lined up for you. We're going to talk about the Fast and Furious. The family is riding and dying at number 11. We'll talk about that coming up later in the program. 
Mac Marshall from Turtle Beach is stopping by on the back end of the show. He's going to talk about why you should think about Turtle Beach, not only for your current console now, but for the next console generation. He's going to talk about that coming up in the show later on. Jared Leto is coming back as the Joker, but in a very surprising place. We'll talk about that coming up. Disney debuted a great trailer, I think, anyways, Rhea and the Last Dragon. We're going to talk about that coming up as well. Borat. <laughs> I'm not going to say the long, extended name, you know, that's coming out. Just basically say Borat 2. That's coming out on Amazon Prime this weekend. So we're going to talk about that because there's already a lot of controversy going on with that. And you know what? <laughs> I think Borat wouldn't have it any other way. Plus, I got to tell people out there some bad news when it comes to the world of Charlie Brown. There's going to be no Charlie Brown on CBS or ABC coming up this holiday season. I know a lot of people are upset about that, and we'll tell you why coming up on the back end of the show as well. But first, my friend, the major news story of the week was something that was not surprising that it happened, but it was surprising that it happened this quick. I'll give you a story, my friend, because I am blessed enough or was blessed enough uh, each and every year to go to CES. And one of the things that I got privy to was I got invited to the press conference in January. It's basically announced the Queeby format. I mean, they're going to have all these representatives there, Jeffrey Katzenberg, you know, all the big wigs that are that got all this funding, up to almost two billion dollars in funding ahead of time for this streaming outlet. Now the gimmick is, if you haven't heard, in fact, since it's already going to be, you know, pretty much a done deal. The deal was that if they come out with a movie, let's say the Kevin Hart movie that came out in a couple months ago, which was probably their biggest of all their movies that they actually had released with John Travolta and Kevin Hart, that was released to you or users of the Queeby format in 10-minute, aka Quick Bites formats. They were targeting millennials. They were targeting the people that were on the go. They were saying, oh, well, you don't have enough time to go ahead and watch a streaming outlet on Netflix or Disney Plus or Hulu or whatever. So why don't you go ahead and subscribe and watch our stuff in 10 minutes at a time, maybe on a lunch break or just a regular break or maybe just, you know, just 10 minutes before you go to bed or something like that. Well, unfortunately, the worldwide audience out there was not there for Queeby. And this week they had announced that Queeby is done and they're actually closing down operations as a whole. And all that big name talent that provided their, I guess, input, their talent, their projects to it, all that's being lost. I'm sure that it'll probably wind up being on some or other streaming format. I'm sure Queeby will have to sell it off because if they've already received a substantial amount of losses, which they have, in fact, at one point in time, I think it was reported that they had as low as 30% of mm. their subscriber base that they had planned for. I think that they're going to go ahead and have to sell off their library. It is a small library, but it is there's right. still a library. There's some big right. names on it. So I want to hear your thoughts on Queeby. Did it ever appeal to you? And why mm. do you think it really bit the dust? You know, I, I got to admit, I... The only part that I ever really remembered about Queeby was the the commercials for Die Hard, the, the Kevin Hart one that yes. you were referring to. That's really the only thing I can tell you that I've heard about when it comes to Queeby. Um, in fact, uh, if I'm going to be frank with you, I, I forgot Queeby existed. 
until uh, a couple. Well, say, so did two. you and a lot of other people. <laughs> I want to say it was about three weeks ago where, uh, you know, T-Mobile also offers T-Mobile Tuesdays. Yeah. And one of the particular offers for T-Mobile Tuesday was six months of Quibi for free free. Thank goodness not a lot of people <laughs> took that deal, right? They'd be uh, on the short Yeah, they'd end. be a little ticked off. But, yes. um, you know, I, I told them I don't know if, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I don't know. It's obvious. People just didn't get behind it. They just didn't get behind it. They just weren't feeling it. Like I said, the only thing I could ever tell you from Queeby was that that Kevin Hart part. And I never watched that either. So it's not a surprise to me. I think it's a surprise at how quickly it went down, though, considering how much money that they had up front. Yes. That's it, a lot it, of money to blow it, through. It was either one and three quarter billion or two billion. It was right? two. Yeah, I remember reading it was two billion dollars. Two billion dollars. And they had a star studded as far as uh, yes. its opening. They're talking about all the stars that were part of it. There were actually quite a few, Sophie Turner, and there were several yep. others that did projects under it. And it just seemed like too little, though. It would be like, one major project would come out this month and then another right. would come out this month and then another right. it's the, some of the similar things that we can talk about when we talk about apple plus later in the program with a certain end of, you know a certain project that, that we're going to talk about but it just seemed like there was not enough and i think a lot of people just decided to, you know what i don't want any part of quibi because it just doesn't mm-hmm. have a full library i mean you're, if you're going to spend the money on quibi and the library as opposed to let's say disney plus or netflix or something like that with a huge library that they have i'd rather go ahead and find something watch 10 minutes of netflix watch 10 minutes of disney plus than spend the same exact amount of money for quibi and and i just just doesn't seem like it was ever going to be a good deal for for people out there yeah absolutely and then especially you know you you kind of hit the nail on the head you've got so many other options you've got the netflixes you've got the disney pluses you've got Apple Plus, again, as you mentioned, we'll talk about later in the program. There's just so many different options and opportunities for you to catch your your little subscription-based services that Quibi just didn't offer. It just didn't offer enough. Like yeah. I said, besides the – you mentioned Sophie Turner. I didn't even know she was a part of it. So yeah. obviously I know John Travolta was in it with Kevin Hart on that, in that yeah. one particular thing. That's about it. I think this Anna Kendricks had something. I don't know. Yeah. Brother. I, it, I it, it just wasn't – yeah, but it wasn't anything that would have – sparked my interest or caught my attention so uh you know it, it's not surprising it's surprising how quickly it's not surprising that it went under but i am shocked that they got that two billion and it's done already that's that is shocking to me it's very sad to see it in a way because there were 200 people that are now going to be laid off out of work mm-hmm. anytime mm-hmm. you see that happen that's a very sad sign but it is something that i think was very hard for people to digest, I think, as far as it's concerned, and as an option. I know a lot of people were going to say, in hindsight, that the coronavirus, because it came out at such a bad time, because obviously it was meant to be where people are at work, and people are out and about, and things of that nature, to go ahead and check in for 10 minutes, maybe if they're at the park or at work or something like that. I don't know if it would have worked under regular circumstances. Let me ask you this. Do you think of everything, let's say this, let's go back in time to 2019. Would Quibi have worked had it come out in 2019? You know, that's a great question. I think they would have had a better chance for sure. Obviously, the coronavirus didn't help anybody's production with anything. So I do think that had they came out maybe a year earlier, there's a chance. There's there's a good chance they might have been able to gain a little bit more traction. But the flip side to it is... Everybody was at home. 
So they really didn't have a need to look for something bite-sized. They were home. They were home in front of their television. And because Quibi initially made their decision, you know, we're not doing anything for the television. Everything is going to be initially on a mobile device. And then they begrudgingly backed up on that after they seen that the initial reports, they weren't getting a lot of people that were holding on to their subscriptions. They got a lot of people that signed up for a subscription. But once the free trial ran out, then they they stopped paying attention to it. So they obviously backtracked on those TV aspects. And I think they might have done a little bit too little too late. But COVID-19 pandemic did not help anybody this year. And Quibi is, is, is no different. They didn't help them at all. They didn't help them uh, gain any traction. They didn't help them as far as being able to make uh, different shows and produce different shows. And it, there was just a lot that happened. And 2020 was just a, a tough year really to get anything off the ground, if you will. Absolutely. So we're saddened to see the death of a streaming outlet so quick. But I think mm-hmm. this is going to be one of the first of many of these issues because it's going to be a feast or famine as far as the streaming market is concerned. You're either going to yes. be able to thrive off of it, and there's going to be about four or five or even six maybe at the most that are really doing well off of it, and you can pretty much guess who those players are going to be. <laughs> yeah. And then there are the mid-tier ones, like, mm-hmm. for instance, CBS All Access, which is migrating and becoming Paramount Plus in January that is already going to see that change. So the CBS All Access aspect of it, even though they have some outstanding shows, like I've talked about with Marcus on the show, the Console Wars documentary, all the Star Trek stuff that they have, that has not been able to click enough to the audiences where, you know what, CBS All Access is going to be something everybody wanted. So they're actually changing it to Paramount Plus to try and infuse something different into the mix there. I mean, we're going to start seeing in the not too distant future more streaming service like Quibi bite the dust. And I think it's, yeah. it's going to be something that it just happens when you throw all these streaming outlets out there at one time. There's only so many people can choose. Yeah, that's so true. And then again, you're also looking at you're looking at the cost, right? If we were all looking to cut the cu- cut the cable, we were all looking at cutting cable and we're all looking at the cost of cutting cable, right? A, a typical cable package was about what anywhere between 1 to 120 125 maybe so if you look at all the different streaming avenues that you have you know cuz we all pay for Netflix right so if you look for the Netflix and you look at the Disney Pluses you know now you have Peacock for uh for Comcast Xfinity has Peacock or whatever yeah. they have Peacock you have Apple Plus HBO got, Max I mean, HBO Max like there's so many you can't even keep up with but if you think about it if each one of those is anywhere between 8 to 15 dollars per you're already looking at an additional $60 60 to 70 bucks now you're coupling that with the what you're paying for cable cuz you're probably paying for some pretty decent cable internet which is probably going to be anywhere between 75 to 100 dollars a month you're right at cable prices. You everything that you've just gotten rid of. Now, granted, the nice thing about that is you have the choice to cut those off. Yeah. It's all about having the opportunity to cut those off. But it doesn't change the fact that we're at a point now we've got so many different streaming services, we might as well just have cable again. Exactly. Although, like you said, it's a little bit easier to toggle it, it on and off. Like yes. for instance, uh, I know a lot of people are getting back on the Disney Plus train this month because there's a certain baby yoda that's going to be appearing at the end of this month so i know i know a lot of people are actually going ahead and and getting it just for that and it seems very cyclical like for instance netflix a lot of people when stranger things comes out a lot of people will be getting back on that and and so on and so forth so it's going to be something we're continuing to see and gauge as far as the streaming market is concerned because the streaming market has now become as important if not more important than broadcasting cable television 
because mm. it is more representative of the future. And not only as Disney, but other companies have said, you know what, we're going to focus more on the streaming outlets in the future. So there's going to be more Queebies coming down the road, and it's unfortunate to see. But I'll tell you what, my friend, there's going to be also more opportunity for those looking to go ahead and watch some good streaming. Absolutely. What are your thoughts out there on the death and very quick rise of Queebie? We want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, my friend, there's still a lot more great news on tap for this week, including Vin Diesel. His family, got to have his family. Well, he's only going to have his family for not one, but two more movies. We all knew about Fast and Furious 10. That was getting delayed, and it's gotten delayed because, like, all these other movies are getting delayed as far as the release date is concerned. But Justin Lin, the director and pretty much the mastermind behind along with Vin Diesel, the Fast and Furious series. He has signed on for only two more, and they've pretty much said, well, outright said, that these two are going to be the last, as far as the movie series is concerned. Although, I seriously doubt that it's going to be the end of the Fast and Furious universe, because as we just talked about, you know, that's a universal property, and Universal has this little thing called Peacock. So... Before we go into other questioning, are you sad at first off that the Fast and Furious series is going to end at 11? You know, my list of 2020, things that we've had to talk about in 2020, the fact that we're still talking about the Fast and Furious in 2020. I remember going to see the first Fast and Furious years ago, years and years and years ago. So the fact that we're in 2020 and we're still talking about new Fast and Furious movies is insane the fact that they've been able to sustain and seem to have gotten better as the series has progressed is really a testament to uh, their willingness to uh, uh change is a testament to their ability to change not just the willingness but their ability to actually do it and to continue to find ways to invigorate new life this is just insane so am i sad no, I'm not sad. I, I, I'd be lying to you if I said I was fat, sad. I, I think 11 films is a lot yeah. for one movie franchise. However, what's going to be interesting is that, you know, they said that that's going to be the last entry. But as you mentioned, with the Peacock service, Universal, they're not going anywhere. So they're going to have different spinoffs. You know, there's going to be another Hobbs and Shaw. Dwayne Johnson's already said that they're already going to be working on another Hobbs and Shaw. And whatever other spinoffs come from this Fast and Furious family that they have going on, it, while the, the numerical entries might be ending, I don't think Fast and Furious is clearly not, is positioning himself to not go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I agree with you on that. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to lead into, is that as we're seeing with HBO Max, as we're seeing with Disney+, Plus, these streaming services are very much an influence on what's going to go on for the future, and we are going to rest assured see spin-off series for the Fast and Furious with either new characters or somehow relating to current characters in the series, mm-hmm. plus Hobbs and Shaw, at least one more round of Hobbs and Shaw will come. 
because that earned well over $700 million worldwide at the box office. Not sick. quite a billion, but for a spinoff, that's pretty darn good. Sick. Something about The Rock. Anytime The Rock touches anything, it's like it's like just, just injecting pure adrenaline into it. Like It just automatically shoots. I remember G.I. Joe. I don't know if anybody ever seen the first one, but that second one got really good because The Rock was in it. And yeah. Same thing with The Fast and Furious. I think he was introduced in Fast Five. I think so. His his character Hobbs yeah. was introduced in Fast Five, and again just keeps continuing to go. Now this one that's going to be that was delayed, Fast Nine. They don't have Dwayne Johnson in this one. This one's going to actually have John Cena, who's playing Dom's little brother. Or as and my then as I, my daughter would say, John Cena. <laughs> yes, him, that guy. So he's going to be playing Dom's little brother. So I'm interested to see how that dynamic works. But then you know, obviously, if they're talking about they're going to end it at Fast Eleven, can Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel put their differences aside for the benefit of the family? No, it's going to be for the benefit of the, <laughs> of the dollar. Yes, the dollar, man. You know, dollar, dollar it, bill. Universal's they fork over enough cash for it. The only thing, though, is at its height, which right now in the middle of a pandemic or even just after that, audiences are going to be very slow to get back to the theaters. I don't mm-hmm. think you will see continual worldwide one point whatever billion dollars but even if the next one comes out and gets 500 600 700 million dollars it's it's going to be a relative environment how much money can it make as far as the share of audience going in i think that will continue to tell us if the series has the legs to continue and i'm i'm think going out 11 is good time I would have liked to see them go out of 10 just because it's an even number, but I think 11 mm-hmm. is going to be able to say, you know what, we're finished with this, we're done with this part of the saga. But you and I both know, like I said, we're going to be seeing <laughs> spinoffs and, and things of that nature because it is just too good of a property now to pass up. Uh, absolutely. And I think they originally planned on it being 10 part one and part two. Yeah. And then I think they just decided to call part two 11. So they were almost there with the even number and then they just got greedy uh, like every other place does. <laughs> but I want to hear your thoughts out there on Fast and Furious ending at 11. So we want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on that. But do you think, and TJ and I sure don't, that is going to be the end of the Fast and Furious IP? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, before I hit up Mac Marshall from Turtle Beach at the back end of the hour, for those listening on radio and also on the podcast outlets, I want to ask your thoughts on Jared Leto coming back as the Joker. He's coming back, surprisingly enough, not for the upcoming Suicide Squad movie, not for a sequel to anything else. He's coming back to work with Zack Snyder on the Justice League Snyder Cut. And that is something that was very out of left field for me. I I was very surprised at that. So I want to hear your thoughts. It's obviously not going to be a big role. It's not going to be something where it's going to be taking over the entire movie. But Mm -hmm. having him in there at all is a great surprise to me. You know, it was a fantastic surprise. I just, you know, he just won't die. Jared Leto's Joker just won't go away no well, matter how many times. We, I'm saying, but it all happened so quick, all off screen. Like, he just won't go away. Like, this entire Jared Leto Joker thing is just not, he's just not interested in going away. And you know what? I don't know if I'm mad at him about that. As far as in this particular movie, I don't really see the point, unless it's to kind of bridge the gap from some of the other films, some of the older films, and kind of 
sharing a continuity, but they've already specified that this is going to be its own continuity since this is the Snyder Cut. So I really don't know what they're doing. It's not like we're going to see Joker walking around with the mother box, hailing Darkseid as he comes down. Like, that's not that's not what Joker's character is. That's not what he's about. So I'm sure this is going to be, as you mentioned, kind of more like a filler, go back into a little backstory, maybe go back into some of the stuff that happened between Batman and Joker in regards to him killing Robin and kind of going off in that and maybe talking about how he's weaker with a group than he is by himself. I don't know. I don't I don't know their their, their rationale. Obviously, you know, it's just not going to be a, a huge thing. I, I tell you what, though, man, I have not been so excited for Zack Snyder anything in ever ever in life i am so <laughs> like in ever <laughs> in ever i i was never a huge fan of zack snyder i thought he was a very very accomplished visionary director obviously 300 was just incredible yes. sin city was incredible just his his style watchman was incredible the way his mind works and the way he likes to shoot his films is very is very you you know a zack snyder film yeah so i i can't say that i was a huge, huge, huge fan. I did enjoy Sin City. I enjoyed 300. I Watchmen was just a little long for me and a little yeah, drawn out. It was very, you. it was very, it was very source specific. Now it stuck to the source material greatly, which um, may, that's a, may have been to its detriment to exactly, a regular audience. Exactly. You know, when you're trying to do things mainstream, it's a little different than having your yeah. your, your your core group. So saying that to say. I am stoked, man. I can't wait to see what Zack Snyder does for all these reshoots. I mean, I think uh, HBO allowed $30 million for the reshoots. And, no, it's actually a yeah. lot more. It was That was the initial <laughs> thing, but it's going to come out to about $80 million, I think. So, I mean, Jeez. they've been on the hook for probably close to when all is said and done. If you consider about the original. Million. yeah. No, no. If you consider the original. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. If you add all in from the original filming when it was getting done with everything that was done before and what's being done now, it's probably going to total out to either 350 or $400 million. Jeez. And you know what? That's the one that's that that's twofold, right? Because that shows the amount of confidence that they have in Zack Snyder's vision. Yeah. That shows the amount of confidence that they have. And that also shows the respect that they have to allow him to turn around and finish this off, right? They understood everything that happened during Justice League with his daughter and his family, and he had to step away, and they get it. And then, obviously, Josh Whedon came in and butchered everything that Zack Snyder was doing, clearly, because we've seen what the final product ended up being. So I, I think it's a huge testament to their respect, and I think it's a huge testament to the fans. They've been calling for the Snyder Cut for since... The first one came since the original came out. Yeah. Since Justice League came out, they've been calling for the Snyder cut because obviously this is it was not what Zack Snyder was doing. And they they just didn't stop. They never quit. They never backed down. They never yielded in any way, shape, or form. They pressured the studio. And you know what? The studio said, you know, if the people want it, that's what we're gonna give them. I think this is gonna kind of change the way we look at a lot of films moving forward. I mean, even when you look at Suicide Squad, I believe David Ayers made a comment about how, you know, his director's cut would be completely different, but would be very easy to put together and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to see more and more of these directors who want their vision of the film that they've been hired to do is what's put out. Now, obviously you get the studios involved and they say, well, I want more I want more Superman or I've got to sell more Batman merchandise. So we need to add more Batman into the story and find a way to make this happen. That's not the director's vision. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this changes the way directors 
look at doing films moving forward. They may just look at it and say, okay, I'll do what you want now. But then when I do the director's cut, you'll be able to see my true, true vision for the film and kind of go that route. So I'm interested to see. I'm excited, though. I'm really excited to see what this turns out. Well, because streaming outlets need so much content now. Yeah, That's something that you're going to have as far as, like, for instance, Blade Runner. Blade Runner is probably one of the best examples of how there's like seven different cuts out there. If yep. if uh, I, I forget who has the rights to the Blade Runner series, maybe it's Warner Brothers. I'm not sure. Wouldn't it be mm. interesting to have all seven cuts on the streaming outlet right there? So you can pick and choose which one you want. Same thing goes for what we're going to be seeing with the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And you can go ahead and choose the original theatrical cut, which is already on mm. HBO Max already, or mm. coming up in the future, which they think is going to be a really big hit, which I think is going to be a really big hit, is obviously the Zack Snyder cut, because there's so much hype for it. Yes. And if that's the case, like you said with the David Ayers cut of Suicide Squad, you have, I mean, because you've got Suicide Squad from James Gunn. What a better mm. way to promote James Gunn's Suicide Squad than having the airs cut come on before two three months before just to hype up it even more and have that airs cut pop in there that would be just a great way to go ahead and really get the suicide squad re-energized because everybody was after seeing the original theatrical (laughs) cut of suicide squad was really just like i don't want any part of this yeah yeah it's very true one of the great things that we have as far as social media is concerned is the ability to really kind of generate noise and generate and when it's done correctly you know there's obviously with social media there's ways where it can be a little bit toxic a little disheartening you know obviously one of the things that we talked about on the lakers fast break podcast is the way that they had the the hashtag fire kyle kuzma and and how they were making attacks to danny green and his family you know the social media can be very very disheartening it can be very very toxic However, there are circumstances like this where the the studios can see the amount of attention and that's how they garner if something's going to be successful or not. They look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets. And they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. And because this is going to garner so much attention, we may actually want to focus on this. So it's really is a testament to the fans. It's a testament to us as media. It's a testament to the people who are really pushing to say, hey, you know, this is something that we as a general audience, as fans really, really want to see. And that we as general audience and fans are willing to pay to see. I think that's also the big thing is, you know, we're putting our money where our mouth is. We're not just saying it for the sake of saying it. You know, there are people that are going to be clamoring to be able to see these. And the fact that we're going to have HBO Max and we have these other outlets to be able to get this content is going to just show them that, you know, there, there really is a demand for it. And if there's a demand for it, we got to try to find a way to fill it. Absolutely. And we're happy to see that the Zack Snyder cut is coming out with Jared Leto. <laughs> and as far, far as the Joker is concerned, which is a big yeah. surprise, but we want to hear from you out there. Is Jared Leto coming back as the Joker to the Justice League Snyder Cut a big thing for you? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next for people out there on radio and podcast outlets, it is Mac Marshall from Turtle Beach. But on the back end of the show, TJ and I will be talking about Ray and the Last Dragon. More at two. And no Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. That's coming up at the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents 
action figure adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. All right, we're back on the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to tell you how happy I am that I'm going to have this next guest on because I am looking forward to so many great things from this man's company that he's a part of. Not only their company, but their sister company as well. In fact, I'm wearing one of their sister company's headsets right now in the Rocket 7.1 ELO USB headset that you can go ahead and get right now at an extremely affordable price. Not only that, I have a review available on popculturecosmos.com, but also as well, the entire line from their sister company, Turtle Beat, right, right here with these bad boys, 600 and 700s right here in my hand, which I had a great time with as well. And you can also see my thoughts as well on popculturecosmos.com. And here today to talk about what's going on with Turtle Beach, it is Mac Marshall from Rocket and Turtle Beach. And Mac, just great to have you on the program today. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. I was trying to decide which one I have. I mean, the sound on these Turtle Beaches are just absolutely incredible. They rock the thundering bass, the ambient sound that you can go ahead and provide. The range of sound is incredible on these things. I mean, mm -hmm. you put so much work and care into the upgrade in Generation 2 for the Stealth 600 and 700. Is this going to really be the cornerstone for your holiday market? For the 6 and the 700s, for sure, on the console side of the business, right? Those are actually, the, I don't know if you mentioned it, but like the Gen 2 models. So yes. the original 600 and the original 700 launched a few years ago. And when they did, each of them went on to become bestsellers in their own right, right? So the 600 became just flat out the best-selling wireless gaming headset since it launched. And the 700 became the best-selling premium wireless headset after it launched. So flash forward a couple years, and here we are now, we got PS5 around the corner, the new Xbox is around the corner, and it was time to redo the sixes and the sevens, but we didn't want to do too much because they were really pretty great to begin with, right? Yeah. So, you know, the first thing we wanted, we wanted to keep the prices the same at $99 for the 600 and 150 for the 700. But if you look at what you get for each of those at the price points, it's pretty impressive. Just in terms of the build quality, the sound, I mean, like the comfort, everything there. It's been crazy because these are also the first headsets that were announced that actually work for both the current gen systems as well as what's to come with the next gen console, right? So, you know, it's perfect for anybody who's looking to have something that's kind of future-proofed. And then, you know, on the PlayStation side, where they're going to have like the onboard 3D audio now that's coming from the console to the headset, you know, the sound is only going to get even better. All of the headsets, the sixes and the sevens, each have like wider sound stages. So even without like the surround sound from the PlayStation, it still sounds like you have a surround sound headset on. It's, it's really neat. And then the 600 is pretty much like for the most part, a lot of what everybody loved about the original 600, just uh -huh. you know, a little bit more refined. And the 700, same thing. I mean, it's definitely a, a much more refined and kind of streamlined and contemporary look. Yeah. But, you know, Bluetooth functionality is still there. You can connect with your phone. You can connect with the Turtle Beach Audio Hub app to adjust your settings. Cooling gel-infused ear cushions, glasses-friendly tech. They have kind of everything there for somebody who's, 
I would say a serious gamer to, you know, a casual to serious gamer is, is pretty covered with a six or a 700. As someone who does wear headsets quite a bit, whether it's because mm -hmm. he's streaming or podcasting for eons on all the different yeah. shows that I do, I was kind of concerned when I opened the package, I'm going to be honest with you about the mm -hmm. weight. And then I put it on and it's like, it does not even feel like the way it looks. It just feels so much lighter. It feels yeah. so much more comfortable and ex any extended use on these 700s, especially the 600s were also great. Don't sure. get me wrong, but you could just feel with the memory foam on the 700s, just for someone like me who gets ear fatigue, gets head fatigue. Yeah, that's how um, I am too. From a bad pair of headsets, these were just a, a godsend to me as far as that's concerned, because not only do you have the incredible sound with the devotion to bass, like very few others in a class, it just really, the comfort level on it was extensive. And I could just feel like I'd have it on all day and no problem. You know, I said earlier, the six, the Gen 1 six to the Gen 2 six, there's some changes, right? But yeah. like, there's not like a ton. Or on the 700, you know, we looked at a lot of the different features and functionality of the original version. And one of the things that we actually ended up removing was the active noise cancellation because it wasn't really used a whole lot. Yeah. And by doing that, it allowed us to kind of focus on a couple other elements on the 700, which was specifically the build quality and the comfort, right? So the metal headband now, like all of the cooling gel infused ear cushions, which I mean, I don't know if you get it, but like the moment you put that on your head, you feel like this cool touch on your cheeks and you're like, oh, all right, cool. And then it stays that way for like a long enough time where like you said, you're, you're just not bothered by your headset when you're gaming. One of the things that in Gen 1 was a difference was that even though this was the more expensive and it does have Bluetooth and some other offerings on it that make it the $50 price point a good value still, Mm -hmm. it, the battery life was something that I think that you guys really looked into yeah. because it was actually less than the 600. Now it's more than the 600 yeah. with the Gen 2 version. And, and that was like, you know, in the Gen 1, again, it was the balance of like, you know, you have all of the different things running at the same time. You have Bluetooth, you have ANC, you have, all, you know, anything else going like all of that stuff running together, you know, connecting to your app and making change like eventually you're, you're draining your battery more. We, we knew we wanted to make that battery longer with the 700 Gen 2. Even if we didn't have ANC, that was still like a focal point for us too. And also like the USB-C charging also was another big one because, you know, if nothing else, it's, it's just more forward thinking. But also now you can plug it in and charge it in the dark and not worry about if you got the cable plugged in the right way because it's, it's oval. Now, one of the things I want to ask you with the 6 and 700 is the superhuman hearing is something that's a trademark for you guys. Yeah. I mean, I described it in my reviews, but if you could go into a little bit more detail about it, because all the games that are coming up that have multiplayer centric features on this next generation of consoles, tell right. us out there, or if you could describe more in detail, how the superhuman hearing can be such a benefit to gamers out there. Sure. So it was like Call of Duty and Fortnite are two really, Fortnite specifically is another really great example because audio is such a cue into like where enemy players and gunfire is coming from in that game. So yeah. what superhuman hearing does is it actually pulls up low level game audio, right? So that's footsteps and things kind of sneaking up on you, but it leaves like your other, like your mids and your highs, it leaves those kind of alone, right? So like if a grenade went off in a game next to you, it's not going to be like excessively louder because you have superhuman hearing on. But what that does enable you to do, if somebody's sneaking up or like trying to get the drop on you from any direction, you'll hear those footsteps. You'll kind of know where to be looking when you're kind of on that battlefield. And, and the idea is that, and if you can hear them before you can see them, you're, you're probably going to be in a better position to kind of win that encounter. 
especially you got like a lot of indoor environments a lot of the time and you really hear those footsteps in hallways and rooms and things like that coming up so it's just a way that we try you know and give our fans and just gamers in general you know a, a bit of a competitive advantage through like precision audio right like we want gamers to be able to like put it on a be comfortable a hear and be heard from their teammates but to also just give them like a perk right it's just kind of like man if you can use that and you have the choice like why wouldn't you once again i'm speaking to mac marshall from turtle breach and rocket r-o-c-c-a-t yes. you got to go ahead and try out their 7.1 usb kilos right here that are on my head right now at a great value when you guys brought this out and i saw the price point 70 bucks msrp i was saying to myself for what you get as far as package very good sound sure. good quality right here for you built in and a decent mic on there for you i really thought that for somebody that is it's just on a budget but still wants to go ahead and have a great experience this is a great place to start yeah rocket is this like amazing brand that we acquired geez, in 2019 last yes. year we acquired them and but they've been around since 2007 they were actually started up by renee who is the head of the the pc products for rocket now under turtle beach but he's a pro gamer and he kind of broke off and wanted to kind of make pc gaming gear that just was designed better and faster and just more precise and just did more so when we acquired them they already had like a handful of like award-winning pc accessories they just weren't really big and well known over in, in the us i'll tell you right now man I, i've been a gamer my whole life and like you know obviously it sounds like coming from me it's obviously i'm gonna be selling our product right but I've used keyboards from everybody else out there, mice from everybody else out there. I, I love a lot of them, right? But I'll tell you right now, like just in terms of the headsets of the Elos, the new keyboards that we're doing with them, the mice, like it's just like on a level where it's hard to compete in terms of both functionality, like the stuff is just better and faster, but also it looks really great. And so the Elo headsets were like the first products that we brought that were co-developed from like the ground up with Turtle Beach and Rocket. So you kind of get the best of both worlds there, right? You get Rocket's kind of groundbreaking design and engineering, and then you get all of the kind of sound expertise and gaming audio expertise from Turtle Beach in one package, right? And the other piece of that puzzle is we try to cover the spectrum of price points where people want to shop, right? So we didn't just launch one ELO headset. We launched three different ELO headsets. They're all nearly identical in the way they look, but you have three options. You have the stereo at it was 50 bucks just like the one you have on right now yes. but it's got a three and a half jack and it plugs into your phone your computer your tablet like whatever we just you know nintendo switch your controllers for xbox or playstation it's like the once and done kind of like headset for everything and if you're okay with like just stereo onboard sound right you'll get surround sound you can get it through windows you can get it through your xbox eventually you'll be able to get it through playstation 5 for people that were interested in something a little bit more you step up I think it was end up being like $70 for the 7.1 USB, which is what you have on. Yes. You get a few more bells and whistles with that. Obviously, because USB, you get amplified audio now. You get mic monitoring, so you can hear your voice in the headset, and that helps you avoid shouting. All of them, by the way, have memory foam ear cushions and the glasses-friendly tech in them. And then the Air is the other one at 100 bucks, and that's just the wireless version of what you have on, fully wireless. That one adds superhuman hearing into the mix too, right? Oh, very so. Nice. So you get like, you know, the Turtle B, like it was superhuman hearing, the Prospects classes friendly tech, mic monitoring, and then Rocket's like really awesome build. And then the 7.1 like you have and the Air, 
Rocket has their IMO lighting, which is like the smart lighting engine. Yes. So like your headset, if I had mine plugged in right now, and it would be matching my keyboard and my mouse and my mouse pad, and it's all controlled through the the IMO software, and it kind of makes it all, like your desktop just has this really like nice glow to it, whatever color you want. And it's just, it just creates a cool environment for your desktop. Well, I'll tell you what, you've got a great lineup right there for you, but I wanted to go ahead before we head on out and have you explain to everyone why Rocket or Turtle Beach is the way to go for you know their holiday gaming as far as the accessories, because like you and I both know, with mm-hmm. November 10th and November 12th coming around the corner with two, not one, but two new consoles coming out, plus of course the Switch is always there. It's going to be something sure. that's always going to be a hot seller right there for you. With all that coming into play, what does Turtle Beach have in mind with the Rocket, with Turtle Beach? What do you want gamers to go ahead and focus on for accessories? Because you know they'll want to go ahead and upgrade what they have for the next console generation. Yeah, I think, you know, it's an interesting time, too, because on top of all the stuff that you just mentioned, there's also this kind of work from home and school from home mentality that's going on on top of gaming. And we really do, when we build a headset we try to look at multi-platform compatibility to varying degrees, right? So there's only so much you can do, for instance, on like, you know, the Xbox side, they use the Xbox wireless tech, and that's their proprietary technology that connects your headset to the console, just like your controller connects to the console. If you have a PC that has Xbox wireless built in, there's also the adapter you can use, then you can use your Xbox headset with your PC in addition to your Xbox. Same thing on the PlayStation side, both the six and seven, they each come with a USB wireless transmitter. That can be plugged into your PC. That can also be plugged into your Nintendo Switch if it's in the docked mode. Then you can have a wireless headset with your Nintendo, which is pretty cool. And then same thing with work from home, school from home, if you needed something. So, you know, I really tend to look at the 600 and that sweet spot of a $100 price point is like, you cannot go wrong with that at 100 bucks, And it kind of works with just about everything you need it to work with. On the 700, same thing. Plus you get the Bluetooth compatibility, connect to your phone, your tablet. So There's lots of different kind of ways to think about it, but our goal here is to give everybody a competitive advantage, like one way or another. Things like superhuman hearing, things like mic monitoring, things like our true speak mic. We just want to make sure you're heard loud and clear, that you can communicate with your team, and all of that stuff adds up, including the comfort and all that. It just adds up so that, like, we want you to focus on your game and win. (laughs) <laughs> right? We don't want you to worry about if, if your friends can hear you or not, if the headset's comfortable or not. We want you to put it on, have a good experience, go kick some ass while you play games, right? It also works for your other things like working from home or doing school. And the same thing with Rocket, right? Like this is precision built stuff for PC enthusiasts. Like you honestly, I'd be hard pressed to like hand somebody one of these, a headset, a keyboard, and then the mice and have them be like, oh man, that doesn't look good. It's, it's really beautifully crafted stuff. And it's functionally better than pretty much everything else out there. And I'll say that like our keyboards, for instance, they register keystrokes faster than other keyboards out there. Our mouse buttons register a mouse click faster. And what that means is if you get into a, a you know standoff with somebody and you each click the mouse at the same time, ours is probably going to register that first and you're going to get the win. So it's it's the little things like that that we really try and focus on, not just building a product, but building something that can actually give you a little bit of a competitive advantage. You know, I'm going to go ahead and go and look into more what Rocket has to offer at rocket.org, turtlebeach.com. They're there waiting for you. Get prepared now. I mean, why, why wait for November 10th and November 12th? Because everybody's going to want these. They're going to sell out because everybody's going to want a pair. They're going to be like, okay, I got a great console. I got to go ahead and get a great headset. Get it yeah. now. Beat the rush. 
Go ahead and get one of these great headsets now at rocket.org or turtlebeach.com. Mac, I had such a great time speaking to you about all these great products. I wish you and both companies tremendous success this holiday, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, and, man, for sure. And looking for more great products coming down the road from both Rocket and Turtle Beach coming up right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks, Gerald. I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Retro City Games where it's 10% off store-wide throughout the entire month of October. Either in Henderson or Las Vegas, they've got two great stores. Please head on down there to support local businesses today right here at Retro City Games. Started cracking up already. <laughs> Every time you say Charlie wah, Brown wah, now. Wah, 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 wah. I was going to lose it, man. Every time you say Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown. <laughs> All right, and we're back with the show. It is the PCC Multiverse. Having a great time indeed. I want to thank so much Mac Marshall for Turtle Beach being on the program as well. You want to go ahead and check out turtlebeach.com or rocket, R-O-C-C-A-T dot org for all the great line of computer peripherals and, of course, awesome headsets that are available for you now that you can get for your consoles right now and your PC and also can get you prepared for the coming generation of consoles before we head on out my friend three last things ray and the last dragon disney dropped a trailer for that animated film which is coming out in march march 12th to be exact as of right now it's i should just put the word tentative i am really intrigued by this film It, it is really telling to me i think the has the basis for a great story kelly marie tran from star wars and also Zoe Aquafina are in starring roles. Uh, and they're two awesome actresses. Aquafina was, for me, in 2019, had one of the best performances of last year. Did you get a chance to check out the trailer? And what are your thoughts? I did absolutely check out the trailer. You know, I was getting a lot of strong Moana vibes. I know it's set from the creators of Moana and it's set from the creators of Frozen. But it actually looked like it was going to be pretty darn good. Uh, the cute little armadillo was so small at the beginning and just cute. And I can already see the marketing wheels turning for these toys and stuffed animals. I, I, I see it coming down the pipeline. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the trailer thing, is huge and she can't move it. It looks like it's something that's going to be one of those, almost like another coming of age story that Disney is just really good at putting out there. I am excited for it as well. It does look really good. And I'm really excited that the screenplay developed by Adele Lim and Kui Nian, because this is an Asian story. And this is right. going to be able to be told by Asian actors. And that, I think, is really something, as, as you are familiar with, as you said before, how much it really inspires you when you see, like, for instance, Black Panther and all these stories mm-hmm. that are now created by the African-American community that yes. are being supported with not only in front of the camera, but behind it as well. They may throw this like they are soul, Pixar soul, right mm-hmm. to Disney+. Plus. I could see that happening, but people should not underestimate this film. This film looks like it's really something worthwhile. It looks like another big hit for Disney animation, which for a while, I think in the early 2000s was something Disney animation was really on the low end, really struggling. Mm -hmm. But in the last decade and a half have become on par with their Pixar counterparts because it was always Pixar, 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 Pixar. But then you saw, like you said, Moana and Frozen, especially coming out and Frozen 2 and all that garnering those big hits for Disney. Now they're on par with Pixar, and I really think they can hold their head high because this is a movie I think that will continue that process for them. 
But we are excited for Rhea and the Last Dragon. It is something mm -hmm. that's coming out as of now. And, you know, you get that pencil and eraser ready. It is tentative. coming out, yes, tentatively on March 12th of next year. Are you excited for Rhea and the Last Dragon? Could this be the next big hit for Disney? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, Amazon Prime might have a big hit this weekend, my friend, because Borat 2 hits the airwaves. And it's getting okay reviews, pretty good reviews from wherever you see. But it is more about the controversy and how it's coming out before the general election here in the United States to all of our listeners out there worldwide that check us out. But it is coming out just before the general election. Very timely, I should say. But it is Borat 2. I'm not going to announce, again, that long extended name. I don't want to read that out. Marcus did for us previously on the show and almost took the entire show doing it because it's so long. But I want to hear your thoughts on Borat 2 hitting Amazon Prime this weekend. I know Rudy Giuliani is not exactly in love with it right now. <laughs> uh, what are my thoughts on Borat 2? Uh, well, if I have to be frank, I don't really care. I was not a fan of the first Borat. I mean, yeah, it had a lot of shock value because can this guy really be this asinine? Can this guy really be this oblivious to everything that he's doing? The fact that it's coming out before the general election is definitely on a race of my eyebrows. And, you know, I think that it's actually a testament, you know, shout out to Amazon Prime for even putting themselves in a position to get Borat. Amazon Prime never came across to me as that kind of streaming service. Well, they've been um, a lot more aggressive lately. They are. They're yeah. being very aggressive. And, you know, that's I mean, I, I guess you have to. The market's changing, you know, with the Disney Pluses and the Peacocks and the Netflix. You, you've got no choice. So I, kudos to Amazon Prime for wanting to to put their foot out and, and, and actually get this. I just don't know if this would have been the sword that I laid down on. I don't know if Borat would have been the one that I would have been like, I have to have it. It doesn't seem like uh, a movie for me, but bad publicity or, or, or negative publicity is still publicity. I mean, they're still going to get people that are going to check it out just because of the fact that it's Borat. People are going to watch it and they're going to draw people to Amazon Prime just because it's Borat. So they're doing everything that they need to do. I can't say that I'll be amongst the people that watch it. I have no desire. <laughs> I really don't. I, 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 I'm trying to garner excitement for it, but uh, I can't. It's going to be something that's going to, at least for the next two weeks, really get Amazon Prime out there. And I think, like you said, bad or not, controversy or not, it is something to get Amazon Prime's name out there. And that's something they weren't willing to do, not even three years ago. That's something yeah. that they're willing to do now. They are willing to put their card in and say, you know what, we're a big player in this game now. And to that, I say, thank goodness. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and like the boys are so good and they're coming off such a high with that second season of the boys. They are really becoming very, very aggressive in this. And, it, you know, it's, it's also like you mentioned, which is actually a, a perfect point. They have nothing really to lose. I mean, you're going to get Amazon Prime because you want to buy Amazon Prime product. Yeah. You're going to do Amazon Prime for the other things that Amazon Prime offers. Oh, and by the way, we have some of the best streaming shows out there right now. This is going to be fun to kind of see these these streaming wars. You know, I know we talked about the console wars show earlier. I'm excited to see these streaming wars and how these guys and how their metrics are. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait in 20 years, if I'm living that long, to see the documentary on the streaming wars, especially <laughs> the early years and how that plans out, because it's going to be something people are going to look back on and say, wow, that yeah. really happened. Yeah. What are your thoughts out there on Borat 2 hitting Amazon Prime this weekend? 
We want to hear your thoughts. Is it really that controversial shakeup type thing that really is going to get you going or is really going to turn you off to Amazon Prime? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of it. But before we head on out, I want to go ahead and bring some bad news to you and bad news to a lot of people out there. And that is, wah, wah, wah. No Charlie Brown on broadcast television here in America, in the United States, as far as the Thanksgiving, the Christmas special, all the Charlie Brown peanut special episodes that appear even to this day for 50 years on broadcast primetime television is no more, at least for this year, because Apple Plus has the rights to peanuts. So people didn't think about that when they said, oh yeah, peanuts is going to be playing on Apple Plus. Oh, that's great. And all that stuff. Oh, by the way, did we mention that we're going to have the holiday specials? That didn't come to light until this week. So when CBS yeah. announced and said, you know what, we're not going to be broadcasting it, and Apple Plus said that they were, that to me and a lot of other people mm-hmm. was really a letdown indeed because that's part of our history. That's part of our culture. Yep. It's the Christmas special, the Thanksgiving special. So I want yes. to hear your thoughts, man, on Peanuts not coming to broadcast television. You know, I, I, I have to be honest with you. I'm not happy. I'm not happy about that at all. That was a very, very much a part of our culture. That was, I mean, now I, I'd be lying to you if I said I watched it last year or the year prior to that because I didn't. But, but at I remember some point very, very, you did. Yes, I remember very, very fondly, fond memories of sitting in front of the television and watching those specials with my brothers, sitting in front of the television, watching those specials with my cousins when I would go to my grandma's house. That's just part of the culture. So to not have that option anymore, unless you purchase Apple Plus, another streaming service, go figure. Unless you purchase Apple Plus to be able to watch it, you're not going to see it. Well, I I will throw that in. I will throw this in. Apple Plus has said for a limited window, and in this case, and I'm sure it's going to be the same case for all the other holiday specials, it -hmm. is going to be available for three days right around Halloween, free of charge for anyone. But again, you got to know They're that. So kind. They're yeah, so you got to know that, and that's to me is a kind of a bummer. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It, it, it's it's a bummer to see. I remember, you know, just the other day. Obviously, as we're getting closer to Halloween, Disney Plus has Hocus Pocus, yeah. which is another one of those yearly. It comes on, you watch it. Rather, you've seen it twenty five times or a hundred times. It's one of those things. You, it comes on every year, you watch it. So while we were excited to be able to see that, I would hope that it doesn't take away from it being able to show up anywhere else well i think it was on abc if i'm not mistaken yeah which is also happening to be owned by disney so as long as it's still showing up there then that should be great but the fact that we're not going to be able to see charlie brown except for those three days and if you didn't know about it then you would have you would have missed it that's disheartening man that that's one of those things that we're just it's it's almost as american as pie you know, like you expect apple pie for certain events. You expect apple pie at certain times. You expect Charlie Brown to be on. You expect to hear the music and the good grief, Charlie Brown. Like you expect to hear that. And the fact that we're not going to hear it unless you physically go out and get yourself Apple Plus or those three days that it's going to be showing. It's, it's a little disheartening, man. I got to admit, while I, I love the idea of everybody getting aggressive, trying to get theirs and trying to find ways to draw people to their platforms, there are certain things that shouldn't be touched. And I feel like Charlie Brown is one of them. You don't mess with Charlie Brown. You, you just you just don't. <laughs> you don't mess with Charlie Brown. And they're, they're messing with Charlie Brown. So that's, that's, that's not okay. You mess with Charlie Brown, you mess with me. That's not all right. Well, I'll tell you what, baby has a way to make up for it. I'll go ahead and finish the rest of the show speaking to you like a teacher would speak to Charlie Brown.
Yeah, that's a bummer. Just not indeed. okay. Not, not, not okay. okay. Neither am I, my friend. Neither am I. <laughs> but what are your thoughts out there on peanuts and the Charlie Brown specials, especially the holiday ones that are going to be exclusively shown on Apple Plus and will no, at least for now, no longer be broadcast on American broadcast television? I don't know around the world. Please let us know if if they're no longer on your outlet anywhere around the world. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and we can update this story as well. Wah, 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 or popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of it. Any last thoughts from you on the way out? Mmm. Hug your family. Give your kisses while people are still here. Don't don't wait until people are gone to give our roses, man. Life's too short. And uh, go watch that movie that you wanted to see. Absolutely. Wah, 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 wah. Charlie Brown, indeed. Thanks again to Mac Marshall from Turtle Beach for stopping by. TJ, it's been awesome. I want to get you back on whenever you can, my friend. It's always been a pleasure. Check out your thoughts on Watch Dogs Legion on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel, available right now. You go ahead, check out the Game Source profile on that. It's been such a great time having you part of the show. And again, thank you so much. Truly appreciate it. So for TJ Johnson, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day of paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join We Be Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to We Be Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at webegeeks.net. We Be Geeks, your voice for the geek revolution. Want to know more? You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.